to the second episode of the Building Spiritual Capacity podcast. In the last episode, we talked about the context, vision, purpose, and design of the program. In this episode, we're looking at one of our three lines of effort, the first of which is purposeful prayer. We're using the following passages as the basis of our study. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13, and Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. The points to ponder for this episode uh, I, I selected uh, were, number one, what, what does Jesus teach us in these verses about prayer? So we're going to look at two passages where Jesus is speaking, and what is he teaching us here about prayer that we can use as we develop our spiritual capacity and strength? In what ways then, also, the second point to ponder, in what ways can you improve your prayers? Things that we're going to look at. So let's begin in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. Of course, this is Jesus uh, giving the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, my opinion, the greatest sermon ever given. And in this particular section, he's talking about prayer. He says, And when thou prayest... Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which is which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So, here Jesus first kind of talks about uh, those that are hypocrites, right? Uh, the hypocrites, a person who is standing out in the synagogue, he stands up in the church and he gives his prayer. And the purpose of seeing the prayer is to, uh, to be seen of men. And that's really where Jesus has the issue. Because certainly Jesus encourages us, and we believe we should, uh, pray in our churches, uh, in our gatherings but the issue then is how they're praying they're praying so that they can be seen of men so that other people will uh, be uh, will, will praise them and will give them credit for their great speech whether it's uh, whether it's the, the words that are using or the language and how beautiful it is or, or maybe the length I don't, I don't know what the exact issue was here other than that they are doing it so that other people will see them. But what does Jesus tell us to do? He says, when, when you pray, pray in secret. Pray in your closets. Shut the door and pray to the Father, which is in secret. And thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So he says, go into your closets, go into rooms, and, and really have that conversation is is the way that I view that statement. You're, it's between you and, and the Father, you and God, the conversations that you're having, the things that you're asking for, the things that you need, uh, the things that are important to you. Um, and not only will God uh, answer your prayers, but He will do so openly. In verse 7, then we look at, when you pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard 
for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. So I want to highlight again this idea of the vain repetitions and understand that we have uh, people from, we, we hope that we have people in, in our formation that are from different faith backgrounds or dis- different denominations, even within the same kind of Christian um, denomination or Christian faith background. We have people that are that come from different different churches, different uh, settings, different ways that they were raised, and and that's great. So, uh, in some cases, some religions use repetitive prayers. They say the same thing, um, and I'm not here to make any judgment about that one one way or the other. What I want to say or to highlight is that it's what what's in your heart that's important. Uh, so the idea that they're vain repetitions, not necessarily, I don't, I don't think that they're repetitive. I mean, you think about it, uh, in our family, we have prayer, uh, for every meal. Um, we have prayer every night and especially when you have young kids, they're going to say the same things over and over again. Right. Um, even, even when I'm praying, I pray multiple times a day. Uh, there's only so many things you can say and so many ways to say it. So it's not so much that I'm repeating things. It's that I am um, repeating things without any feeling or sincerity behind them. So uh, I think that's the I think that's what Jesus is saying here. At least my my feeling about it is that this is an opportunity for you to talk to God and to put some sincere thoughts into it. So then Jesus continues. And really teaches us how to pray. He tells us that the Father knows our needs before we even ask. This is the God that we're praying to. And this is what I want to highlight here. Um, Asking God. Knowing who God is. This is a part of also this discipline. The reason we're getting in the scriptures. Uh, Jesus is teaching us about our Father, our Heavenly Father, Eternal Father, who is going to answer our prayers. He knows what you need before you even ask. So it's interesting that, you know, some some might argue, well, why would we even need to ask then? Uh, If God just knows what we need, why didn't He just give it to us? And so this is a fascinating dynamic that we have in our faith, that God wants us to approach Him. Uh, he wants us to come to him, uh, showing that sincerity and that desire. Again, I, can, I guess I kind of look back at my at my kids and those gifts that I just freely give them. Sometimes maybe they don't appreciate them that much, you know. But when they have the humility or or whatever to ask, uh, that's that's uh, easier for me to to give things, perhaps than for them just to expect them. I suppose. Now, uh, Jesus then teaches us how to pray. Now, this is this is uh, heard regularly, uh, sometimes weekly, in our worship services. This is now verses nine to thirteen in Matthew chapter six are the Lord's prayer. Verse nine says, "Jesus says, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." Again, I want to stop and pause there for a second and just highlight that. 
we're talking to the father of this in world, uh, the creator of this of this world, of this universe. This is an all-knowing, all-powerful uh, being who we're asking and uh, and who we're communicating with. There's no. It's it's interesting, and and uh, depending on who you are in the military, you're going to go talk to somebody. Uh, you have certain rituals that you have to do, right? So if you're talking to, if you're a a, a younger or lower enlisted soldier, uh, if you're going to talk to a senior enlisted uh, non commissioned officer, you're going to stand at parade rest. There's a certain posture that we uh, use in certain units where we're we're standing at a particular uh, in a particular fashion in order to speak to speak to them Um, the same can be true depending on your prayer life and the way you were raised Uh, some people have a particular posture for prayer Um, but if you um, aren't in that posture when you're talking to a non-commissioned officer if you're not in parade rest then in certain units they're going to give you a hard time about that because you're you're lower than them and you need to show them that respect. So I'll point out two things here. Number one, in some traditions, uh, Christian traditions, that is um, that puts us in the attitude uh, of of praying to God if we're in a certain posture, right? So, so depending on your tradition, some suggest that you kneel, some suggest that you fold your arm, maybe bow your head. Um, there's some sort of uh, position that is intended to symbolize uh, our humility towards God. So in some traditions, that's the case. But also, uh, of course, you you pray anytime, anywhere, uh, at any moment. In my case, I say a whole lot of prayers when I uh, put a parachute on my back. Uh, it, um, it's just the way it is. Uh, you're, you're getting ready to jump out of an airplane. So, uh, yeah, sure, I don't, I'm not kneeling down. I'm not whatever, but I am... Um, but I'm still pleading and talking with this God of of the universe to uh, to protect me and to help me. Uh, so I think there's there's depending on your time and your place, there are opportunities where you can uh, maybe put yourself in a more uh, humbling posture as you approach this being uh, who is again the creator of of all that we uh, that we know and that we see. Uh, and uh, there are times where uh, where we just we just need to to get our thoughts and our prayers out, and uh, and it, it doesn't matter as much where where we're at here, uh, what the position we're in. It just God appreciates us coming to Him. But I want to highlight who we're praying to, and Jesus uh, points our direction to to the Father, the Eternal Father. In verse 10, then it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now Jesus says, we fast forward, and as um, this particular time I'm recording this, as we get ready for Easter, it's interesting to hear Jesus at the beginning of his ministry say what he says in this particular prayer that, Say what he's going to say later in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is, uh, and right before he is crucified, uh, he says to the Father, "Thy will be done." Uh, 
of if anybody understands the gravity of that of that phrase as we read the last few chapters and the moments of Jesus's life how hard it was for him to to do what he had to do and as he realized what was what was coming before him um, as he began to see what the events that were going to transpire and as he was going through those events he he understood it was going to be a challenge and 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 that's an understatement but he still he still said thy will be done so it's important for us in our prayers at least to have that understanding whether we say every time in the prayers uh, thy will be done or whether we just understand as we're praying to God that we we don't know everything um, and as we put our trust in him we will um, we will acknowledge that he's going to do what's the best for us and he's going to lead us in the directions that are best for us whether those are what our will or not is or not but again this is the idea of, of humility we're coming not demanding something but we're coming asking and acknowledging that God's will will be best for us, and to, to be able to subdue our own will uh, is, is, again, part of an important part of prayer, at least an important part of the process of prayer. Uh, you know, and you, again, I don't know if you need to really say every single time that will be done, but you have that understanding in the back of your mind, and, and you live by that philosophy that God will guide you according to His will, and not necessarily our, our own then he asked to give us this, this day our daily bread. Uh, again, here asking for physical nourishment. It's, it's, it's okay in, in my mind. I think what he's alluding to here is that it's okay to ask for temporal things, to, for physical things. It's, it's okay to ask for, and I guess the way I translate this for me personally is give us this day our daily bread. Uh, help me in my job. Help me in my job so that I can perform well so that I can give put food on the table for my kids. As I say, you know, my kids like to eat. Uh, go figure, right? Uh, I say that with some uh, level, of course, of sarcasm. Uh, but my kids like to eat, as everybody's kids do. So, um, so I need to do well at my job. I need to have a job, and I need to do well at my job. And so I can pray to God and ask for help for those things so that I can put the food on the table that is necessary, that my wife, in her job and in her roles, uh, can do well, and, we, and we're praying for those types of things to help us in our roles as parents, as our roles as um, breadwinners, as whatever it is. We can ask for those daily things that don't necessarily appear to be spiritual, perhaps, uh, but in my mind are all related to spiritual things. And then, of course, uh, Jesus adds in verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, Sin puts us into debt. Um, the things that we do on a daily basis, just we, we, we owe Jesus Christ um, for his, his sacrifice for us, paying the price for us. So none of us, all of us are debtors. All of us are sinners. Uh, and we're asking for that forgiveness. But it, again, there seems to be a, somewhat of a, a condition here from Jesus, right? That, now, I understand the idea of unconditional love, et cetera, et cetera, but I think what Jesus is trying to teach us is what he later describes in multiple of his parables, that here we are sitting here asking 
uh, for help. Here we are asking to be forgiven. And then Jesus is repeatedly um, harsh, if you will, on people who are begging for forgiveness, but then do not give forgiveness to others. So, uh, so it's important for us as we're striving to be like Jesus and as we're praying to forgive others as we're asking to be forgiven. So I, I love that part of the, of the Lord's Prayer as well. He says, uh, lead us also not into temptation in verse 13. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So I want to stop there. Uh, again, there's, there's this asking God to deliver us from temptation. We're going to run into it. It's part of, the, it's part of our life. It's part of our testing here in this world. Um, but asking for that deliverance, asking to be led in a different path to get away from temptation, whatever it is, however that looks, uh, but this is important to ask for, asking God to help us in those uh, in this circumstance. And then again, acknowledging, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Again, we're turning then our attitude to God. Again, as I interpret this for myself and as I apply this to myself, which is, which is what I try to do with the scriptures, is I'm saying, I've asked you for all of these things and then I'm going to give you you God the credit for it I'm going to let you when people are when people are asking me hey great job at my job I, I, I ask God to help me have success in my job I have success in my job and then instead of taking all the credit for it oh yeah well I'm just really good uh, we acknowledge the role in the hand that God played in helping us because we were praying for it and he blessed us uh, and you know, he gave us the talents and the abilities and, and led us down the right path so that we could be in a position to do well in our job. So acknowledging that uh, in uh, when people are talking to us about, oh, hey, you did a great job here. Thank you. I owe, I owe it to God. It's important for us to have that attitude as we um, continue building our spiritual capacity. The next passage I selected for this week, referring to prayer, is in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. Again, Jesus continuing uh, the Sermon on the Mount. The Mount, And in particular, we want to look at it, kind of a points to ponder here, is how does Jesus teach us to pray in this, these particular verses? And what does he say about how God will answer our prayers? So in verse 7... We read, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now, I want to I highlight kind of the, the words used here. <clears throat> it is not... Um, it's not wavering. You know, these, these are powerful, direct words. Ask, and it shall be given you. Knock, and ye shall, or excuse me, seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Shall, 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 in this case. This particular translation, the King James Version, 
uses those words. Jesus isn't saying, well, you know, if you ask, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, maybe, maybe you'll get it. Um, but uh, here he's saying, you will. You will, you will get it. Now, uh, I'm not saying you're going to get everything that you need. Again, we have to, we have to have the attitude of, thy will be done, God. You know, here, here's what I think I want. Here's what I think is best. But thy will be done. So you're going to get, if you ask, you're going to get the answer that you need according to God's will. So he's very confident in this, uh, that if you ask, you will find. And then he says, everyone, everyone that asketh, receiveth. Everyone here, he that seeketh, findeth. But again, he's, at, he's emphasizing this idea that everybody, everybody who asks God, with the attitude of thy will be done, will receive according to what God understands we need and according to his wisdom and then he adds here in verse 9 what what man is there of you whom if the son asks a bread will he give him a stone or if he asks a fish will he give him a serpent so there is no man there's no human here that would give a bad gift right so then verse 11 continues, If ye then, being evil, know how to give a good gift unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? You know, I, I, clearly if, if, uh, if a child came for bread, is what he's saying, I'm not going to give them a stone because I because I'm even though I'm evil even though I'm I'm not God by any uh, stretch of the imagination I know how to give a good gift uh, and actually I take pride in it myself uh, I like to give gifts and I like to give thoughtful gifts um, but occasionally you make a mistake you know occasionally make a, a mistake my uh, my dad hopefully doesn't mind me sharing the story but a few years ago. It, now the the grandparents give all of their grandchildren on my my side of the family give uh, all their grandchildren pajamas for Christmas, and so Christmas Eve we have uh, pajamas given out, and they get to open that present uh, the night before. They know what they are, and that's great. So a couple of years ago, you know, with online shopping, and uh, my mom wasn't feeling uh, particularly great, and and couldn't necessarily participate. In the shopping this one particular Christmas a couple of years ago, and so he sent um, he sent some clothes, some pajamas, online shopping. Didn't have a chance to look at them, what the sizes were, so he just doing the best he can, and uh, he sent some some pajamas to my two older, uh, two two of my daughters, the the middle one and the youngest one, and um, let's just say that they were uh, baby size. Um, so he, he looked at the sizes. And we, I, I think we had given them maybe some sizes, or maybe we didn't. Maybe we failed to that year. I don't know. But, uh, but he gave the wrong, the wrong sizes. So my, my kids are like, "Is this a joke? Uh, what's going on here?" Uh, so we laughed and 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 thought about it. So sometimes we make mistakes giving gifts, but we don't intentionally wouldn't intentionally give a uh, the wrong gift, right? Uh, we know even though we are flawed and evil or sinful or however as Jesus puts it here we still know how to give a good gift so how much more then is our eternal father able to give us a good gift and more importantly the gift that we need the gift that we uh, again without 
without with his will in mind and not with our will in mind. He knows how to do it. He knows exactly what you need. He's going to give you exactly what you want and uh, or excuse me, exactly what is the best for you and your family and then you're all set. Uh, so Jesus is trying to instill confidence in us that our Heavenly Father can, does know us. He knows before we even ask in these two passages if we combine them. He knows before we even ask what to give us uh, and as long as we are able to align our wills, our will with God's will, then he's going to answer our prayers in the way we we're, we're thinking that they'll be answered. But we also have to have that attitude of, hey, um, God knows what's best for us, and thy will be done, not ours. So, So as you were studying, I, I pray that you had some good insights into prayer and uh, how you can improve your, your prayer life. So, you know, what, what was your goal? How did, and how did you do in accomplishing that goal this week? Uh, take some time to think about it. Maybe even jot it down like in a journal or, or more importantly, as we talked about before, an essential element of success here is to have an accountability partner. So who was your accountability partner? Did you report to them this week? If not, you know, get get on the phone with them, get on, on uh, the internet, instant messages, and say, hey, this is this is what my goal was, this is how I did, uh, this is how God blessed my life this week as I continue to work on building my spiritual capacity. Next episode, we'll focus on our second line of effort to build our spiritual capacity. The scriptural passage for uh, the next episode is Second Timothy, chapter three, verses fourteen through seventeen. The points to ponder for that episode are, what are the five benefits of studying the Word of God that Paul gives to Timothy? And then the action that we're looking at is to take time, your own personal time, to, to analyze how your studying is, how intense is it, and then set a goal to upgrade the quality of your quality and or quantity of your studying. I guess in this case we would say we're looking for maybe a high-intensity interval training as we're building our spiritual capacity in terms of these study sessions. And until next time, remember to trust God and do His will.